0: Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle? For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I did not get results, they did not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, If I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. Welcome back to part two of this interview. If you missed the part one, head back to the previous episode before you listen to this one. Now we'll dive right into the conversation from the moment that we left off. Thanks again and welcome back. So what's the biggest impact that you're wanting to make in the next half of your life? You do a lot of charity work and stuff like that, but I know you have a heart to create a massive impact. I saw that you would never be doing that. If not running, no. If
1: you were Well, you know, and to be quite honest with you, I had gotten to a point where I didn't even, you know, i was still being what I I call super healthy even now, which is important. But, you know, for me it's like, that's the way I get my caffeine in. I don't, I, I didn't even use, I didn't do caffeine much when I was competing and even when I was younger. When I started coaching, I started doing more caffeine because we have six o'clock practices, but I have to go all through the day. When I got married, I have kids. And so for me, I just like, you know what? You know, some has got to give. You know, so the, the example was Steve Harvey said something once, which really resonated with me. He was talking about smoking cigars. I don't, I don't do cigars and smoking none of that, but he was talking about smoking cigars. And people said, why do you smoke cigars? and not health?" And Steve Harvey said, now listen. Steve Harvey said, listen to me. I go to work at five in the morning. Sometimes I work all day. He said, I'm not out partying all the time. I got one wife. I don't got three and four wives. I'm not doing all this crazy stuff. I don't use drugs. I rarely drink. I take care of my wife. I take care of my kids. I take care of my house. I'm human, right? Something's got to give. This cigar is my one thing. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of girls, before they go home after work, they go by the bar. They do happy hour. Some people go to, you know, Vegas. Some people gamble. People do all sorts of stuff. you like, I don't do those things. I take this cigar, and this is how I relax. And so for me, one of the things I do, you know, I don't I don't leave practice and go to the board and do happy hour. You know, I, again, I'm not a big gambler. I really don't drink. And all those types of things, you know. Got my family I've been with. You know, I take care of that. I do this. So my thing is a little soda. It could be worse. It could be, it could be a shot of hand. I'm not doing that, though. You know, ice cream, it could be worse. It could be fried chicken, I ain't doing that though. So that's my thing. But to get back to your point on what I'm trying to do the second half of my, my life. You know, it's a movie called Hugo. It's a movie called Hugo. And in that movie, the boy talks about there's no extra parts in the world. And what that means is everything that's in the world from our skin, to the grass, to the sky, to the oxygen, to the animals, to the water, everything's here for a reason and a purpose, everything. The hair on your skin, your teeth, the the saliva on your tongue. I mean, everything that's in the universe, on the earth, everything here, this cap, the material is here for a reason and a purpose. There are no extra parts. And since he realized and since we know that there are no extra parts, when you build, when you make a watch, you don't put an extra part on the watch. When you make shoes, you don't put an extra part. When you make a card, you don't put something on there for no reason. Everything you put on them is for a reason. There's no extra points. So he said, I refuse to believe I'm an extra point, meaning I'm here on earth for a reason. I'm not just some part that's thrown on earth just to be for no no reason. That's what I believe. I believe that I'm here on the universe on earth for a reason. So there are two major moments in a person's life. One, the moment you were born, and two, the moment you realize why you was born and for me what i realized was how in the world do a kid from the south side of fort worth texas my mom you know did a lot of drinking when i was younger come from the slums the hood made every mistakes in the book as wild as you can get as tough and mean as you can get all those things how do i how did i go from that to you know, having a master's degree, traveling around the world, speaking to, being in Africa, speaking at colleges, you know, marrying my sweetheart, college sweetheart, all these things. How? Well, that answer is what I want to share with others. Because it lets others know it's there's nothing inherently special about me. There's nothing inherently special about Tom Brady. Now, there's some special, but I say inherently, meaning it's not like, you know. God gave us something just totally different area. Yeah, maybe a little stronger here. But for every little thing God gave us a little better, he gave someone else something better in another area, right? So that's my goal. My goal is to say, okay, I see a kid and he and he he can't run. He's like, I'm the I'm the worst in sports. But you know what? You're good in something. You, 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 you might not be the best yet. That's a skill set. You can develop it. Skill sets can be developed. But God, and the universe can put you here for no reason. Why did the universe put you here? Okay? And then do something about it. Don't just say, okay, I'm good at sewing. But then don't sew. Then don't sew nothing for nobody. Sew something up. short the to people. And yeah, a thousand people might say, that's the worst sewing I've ever seen in my life. So what? You're going to get five that's going to say, man, that's some really good sewing. And do it for you, but see, most people don't want to do it. You know how many people told me I would never win a race in college. I mean, just peep this random stuff. Then you win a race. Oh, you never make the nasas Then you make the NASAs, Oh, you never be all American. Then you make all American. You never get top three. Then you get top. You never win. Then you win, and then it just keeps going. They just go. Oh, wait, well, you won't do well in pros, then you go to pros. But you never make the finals at USA. You make the finals USA. You never win USA. And they just keep. So you can't. You can't worry about people. That's what they're going to do. But whatever gift the universe of God gave you, you got to go for it. Because what starting here and getting here, even if you don't make it here, you become better all the way in the process of trying to get to here. And that's what I, you see people just going through life, man. What I mean is, they're just letting life happen to them. And it's sad because you look at them, you know they have this skill set. I know people that I'm like, Man, listen. If I can sing like you can sing, I don't give a if, if if people didn't didn't sign me for the biggest contract, I'm just gonna be singing. Why does the Cagesburg sing? Because it has a song, so I'm just gonna be singing. But most people don't live like that.
0: That is awesome. I, I, I really like the analogies that that you've been using. You know, I found out really early on. I was five, I think when, yeah, I was five when I did my first massage <laughs> <laughs> two bucks for it two. Oh my goodness. And then I started walking around the party and saying two bucks for a massage. I said, so you already knew. I didn't, I didn't have any feelings of, uh, of doubt about yeah. just I'm five. I need, you know, $2 that's better than allowance. I'm going to make some money. Let's go yeah. do some of that. And then along the lines, you know, we, we build up our immunity to the praises of our own skill sets. And, you know, I was a great athlete, but I was not, never a badass elite athlete, but I was a great athlete. I had an 80-mile-an-hour fastball in Little League, but I couldn't do anything if I had a bunch of audience watching me. You know, I had that I'm trying to please too much. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the the thing is is if you're trying to please somebody else in any way, shape, or form, you're diminishing a slight amount of your own ability and capability and performance.
1: If you're that type of person, what I mean so Exactly so let me- let me see if I can give you this example. So there's some of us when we're doing something, once we go into trying to please or some, someone else, the focus is not on the doing, but it's on the outside factor, which makes it worse. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. There's others who have the unique ability to, when they try, when they're doing something, they're trying to please someone, they can still focus on that so they can do it good. So for instance, you know, there's, you know, a guy might know that um, this girl is going to like him because he wins the race. But one guy, he might be like, man, old girl's here and I like her and she likes me win the race. I don't know if I can win. Other guy just going to be like, man, I'm gonna really, he's just going to focus on the race and then get the girl. So that's something that individuals have to figure out who they are. Know thyself. And if you know you're one that focusing on the girl is going to make you nervous and not do well, then you need to put things and strategies and ta- tactics and techniques in all in place, so that when you're there, you won't focus on that distracted uh, distraction. So, a distracted mind is a defeated mind.
0: Right. So, how do you how do you translate that then to say business, where you're trying to you say you're a you're a I'm not going to say what culture this this family is from, but the parents are saying you got to be a doctor or a lawyer. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you become a doctor or a lawyer because you're being told constantly your whole life, but you're supposed to be a singer. Yeah. You know, let's just say, so how do you translate to life? Find out who you are. Sounds like a really good and easy thing to do. What kind of skills and techniques do you recommend for somebody to find out who they are and why they're on this planet?
1: Well, for one, you're gonna whenever you're doing what you what you're supposed to be doing is in a sense, you're gonna feel at home, you're gonna feel at ease. You're gonna it's not gonna be easy, but you're gonna feel like you belong. You hear a lot of athletes say when they walk on the court, I just feel like um because it's it's their thing. You hear them. You hear actors say, When I get in front of that camera, I just feel whereas others we get in front of the freaking camera, like now I like being in front of the camera, but you get my point. So my point is when you're in those environments where you feel like you belong. Um, then, secondly, what your friends and family and people kind of tell you—they would be like, "Man, you'll be a good man. You good?" You know, they keep telling you this. That's the universe talking to you. That's God talking to you. We think that God stopped talking to us because he, he didn't, he or she didn't do it from a burning bush or didn't scream out and boom it. That's like, come on, man! Like you know, God, you know, God, God whispers, man. Meaning we gotta be, we gotta be listening, right? We gotta be listening. So the way you find that is by really being in tune with yourself. And 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 really, you know, taking heed on what you um, really like doing. I will give you an example. So I went to last summer. I went to Zimbabwe, and um, I was there for two weeks.
0: And, you know, we'd heard all this
1: crazy stuff about Zimbabwe. All that is false. It's a great place. Love it. Would have been there now if I could have. But so I went there, and I went to different places. I was speaking, uh, working with people, doing all this stuff for two weeks, man. I mean, just two weeks, the whole nine. Loved it. Like I loved it. Okay. So I got back, <laughs> we landed in, 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 you know, in, in Columbus, and I got off the plane, I got my bags and stuff, and I'm standing out there waiting for my pickup, and I started getting this feeling, right? And I remember thinking like, what is, what is this? I ain't, you know, what is this? And I started thinking, I ain't felt this in about three weeks. I ain't felt this since right before I left to go to Zimbabwe, and what was it? Stress. It was me starting to think, oh, I got to do this, and I got to work, and the kids got to do this. and eh, eh, eh. All this other stuff, right? And I realized when I was in Zim, it wasn't just being in Zimbabwe. It was, I was there speaking. I was helping people. There was kids saying, how's the US? And how do you go to college there? And what do you do this? And, and, and I was like, yeah. Eh. And people asked about running, and going to getting your master's degree, and, and all this stuff. And I was just in that, and it was just everything. And, but when I wasn't, then I'm thinking about all oh, these bills, and I gotta be work on this time, and I need to recruit these at least, and if they say no, and how I'm gonna pay that, and I need to get up this time, and I, you know, that's not to say there's were bad things. It's just to say that I recognize that some of the things I'm doing that I was doing, that's what I was sitting here to do because it comes natural. I'm energized, and I'm excited about it. It don't mean it's easy. And it don't mean it's always great. Sometimes you get pissed. Sometimes things don't work out the way you want it to. But for the most part, I feel at home.
0: That's, a, that's an awesome, uh, awesome way of, of putting it. I definitely have that when I'm speaking on stage. It's not easy, but it's home. When mm-hmm. I'm consulting people, when I'm working on people's bodies and you know, figuring out how to fix that rare condition that uh, somebody might come in with. You know, it's, uh, that's not what stresses me out. It's all the things that are taking me away from my purpose, you know, and, uh, and those are the things that, that cause more stress. Let's translate that into, into life. Like say, uh, business, if you're a solopreneur versus a corporation with a big team. You know, uh, how do you find a team to take on the duties that you're not necessarily meant for, right? So that you can do more of what you're meant for.
1: So it's two things. I wanna, I wanna go back to what you said before. The question was about your parents wanting you to do a certain thing, but you not want to. So that's, when, that's by knowing thyself. You know, I, have a fr- I, I know people that have parents want them to marry a certain person. And they don't want to. And think about this: so if you marry this person that you don't really want to marry, your parents all happy, and you're not. What good is that? Why would you? Why would you be in a situation where do they not want you happy? And if they don't, then you know you gotta think about that. And if they do, then then why would they want you to marry this person? So same with a job: it's like yeah, you get it. They want you to be successful, and all those types of things. But you're more, you're more successful when you're happy. You know, when you when you're doing something that sparks your you, you know your your heart. So. I wanted to go back on it, but then you just asked a, another question. You said, a solopreneur, how do you, so, so what people have to do is none of us know as much as all of us. None of us know as much as all of us. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is we have to learn. I was talking to someone, I mentor people. I do some um, life design coaching, I guess you call it. And I told the girl, you got to duplicate yourself. You have to get it. Cause you can't be everywhere at the same time. And if you're only getting paid by your efforts, and your sweat equity, your, your direct sweat equity, then you're limited on what you can do and what you can get. So you have to duplicate yourself, meaning you have to start training others to be able to do what you can do, right? Um, and if you do that, that makes part of it a little bit easier for as those things are concerned. Um, and then, like I said, if you, if you uh, I, I call it partnering with positive, powerful people. So finding others to partner with Uh, again, I'm amateur on the Bible, but um, when you, when you partner with others and you guys on the same accord, you know, it says, you know, it talks about the tower of Babel and it's like these people start to try to build this wall up to, to heaven or God or whatever. So God, God looks back, God looks down or up or whatever. We always say down. Have you thought about that? Well, we assume, we assume heaven's up here, right? We assume yeah. oh. in the sky. Yeah, but think about this. The, 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 the earth's like this, right? It's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a circle. And depends on but wait, wait, yeah, yeah. But either way, but either way, even even if it wasn't, my point is this. You know, that's a whole other story. I was just gonna say that Australia's down here, and so up is actually down in anyway. So anyway, God looks down and said, The people, look at them. They can do anything they choose to do this, and then God says, "If they're all speaking the same language, on the same accord, doing the same work, there's nothing they can't accomplish." I mean, this this is what the this is what it in the book. No matter what, you can it can be in you can read it in Hebrew, you can read it whatever. It says it in the book. All the spiritual books hint to that that if people a group of people. Get together speaking the same language, don't mean they all speak English or Spanish or whatever, it means they all have the same goals. Speaking, of, we all want to win a championship, we all want to start this business. Speaking the same language, same goal, working together, they can accomplish anything. So, that's what you got to start realizing. What hinders us is that we want to, we want to, like, I know me and you probably the same in this. I'm training coaching somebody. I think I can probably coach them a little bit better than this person right here. And there's certain little things I want to do that maybe they don't do as good. So I want to always have my hand in that. Right. But at some point, if we want to, if we want to increase our sphere of influence, we're going to have to be comfortable with knowing that there's certain things they're good at. They may not be as good here, but in order for me to be able to influence and affect more people, I have to bring more people in.
0: Right. So, you know, my, My next book is called Tribal Living in a Modern World, and it's the Corporate Culture Revolution. And I kind of start bringing back the idea of master, apprentice, intern, you know, because I feel like we've we've gotten to a place in society where we're all in school and we're kind of being told school, 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 school. But the real learning happens when you're sitting next to somebody who's been there and done it for the last 20 or 30 years and is a master at what they do and can just take you by their you know collar so to speak and show you exactly what it is to do that particular job and then maybe you find a different master to apprentice with and then a different one and you learn multiple modalities of mastery in that particular art you know you're a coach but you've had many coaches, not just one, right? And so you've been able to learn from those multiple coaches and kind of work with them as a master apprentice almost. Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we get back to that in society in general so that, you know, because for businesses, there's always masterminds and mentorships and, and things like that. But getting somebody to actually say, yes, I want to have a master or a, a mentor or a, you know, apprentice relationship that way.
1: Well, the good ones will. They'll, they'll successfully include, successfully include. Failure does too. You go out and I do this. This is one of my speaking series. I go out and I say, um, tell me someone successfully, Tom Brady or Warren Buffett or, you know, Elon Musk or whoever. I don't care the industry. You're just saying and ask them do they have a mentor. And 99.99% of them say yes. That's a clue. If you talking about the best of the best in any and every field in the entire world, no matter what country, whatever, and they all say they got mentors, it's a clue. Now, if you find a whole bunch of failures and then a lot of them that they don't have mentors, that could be a clue too. So my point is, sometimes in life, <laughs> So I was talking to my friend, that's a, a Navy SEAL. He said, um, "Navy SEALs are not necessarily made; they are identified or found." What does that mean? Well, when you're going through buzz, when you're going through that training, when you're going through Hell Week, it—that's hell for everybody. Everybody's hurting. Everyone's tired. Everyone's sleeping, sleepy. It's just rough. And so, what they're trying to do for the for individuals don't have that mindset, they're gonna say, "Man, this is stupid. This is crazy. Why are we doing this? Why we, you know, why am I getting in trouble for this? Why do I have to, you know, all these things?" And then for others, they just keep plugging through. So what happens is there's a certain mindset that one has to have to be that Navy Seal. Okay. Well, it's the same with being massively successful. Success is relative, but what I'm trying to say is the, the ones who are going to be really good, they have that mindset. They'll, they'll be open to that, and there's some that, you know, I, I always say this. If you're, if you're coachable, trainable, and teachable, I can make you unstoppable. If you're coachable, trainable, and teachable, I can make you unstoppable. As a matter of fact, I can, I can help you be successful. What I can't do is help you want to be successful. You got to want it, and that's the thing. Some people, they think they want it. They say, I want a million dollars. You say, okay, well, meet me tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. They say, okay, they're there tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. Then the next day, you say, oh, come on, I'll see you tomorrow at 4 a.m. They come the next day at 4 a.m. They say, see you tomorrow at 4 a.m. They go, well, hey, no, hold on, man. How many times are we going to be at this 4 a.m.? You say, every day. Every day. For how long? And as long as it takes. You say you want to make this million dollars. So people want the success. You know, they want the, they want the finish line without the journey. And so that's what happens. We have to be real with ourselves. So if I say I want to be whatever, I find someone who's doing it, and I ask them, what does it take? I have to be honest with myself to say, do I really want it that bad? And if the answer is yes, then plug away. And if the answer is no, that's fine. Just don't waste your time. Don't waste nobody else's time. And find something that you are passionate about that you're willing to get up at 4 a.m. every day and do.
0: What if – what if you meet somebody and they appear or think that they have no passion for anything? they just are a nine to five work on the assembly line kind of person and uh, maybe some hobbies on the weekends, but usually just doing chores living that you know good old american life
1: that 's fine some for some people that that does it for them there 's nothing wrong with that you don 't you know i don 't judge my own personal belief is that they just haven't found what really sparks them, but some individual, you know, a mind expanded can never go back to its original form. Right. So once you, you know, once you know this, it's kind of like not, you know, it's hard to not know it. Right. Once I realize, once I realized that the universe of God put me here for a reason, like I cannot not realize that you see what I'm saying? Like once you help somebody say, man, all right, man like the work you've done on me it gave me a new lease for life i can run every day i'm happier. i'm happiest when i'm running man i just don't know i was getting depressed because i couldn't run i was in pain all the time i wanted that medicine see once you know that it's hard for you to just not do that and know there's people out there that needs that you see what i'm saying because every day you're going to be like not doing you have people saying man you don't do that you don't do massage no more. you don't do that work no more Come on, man, you, you really, you know, and then it's hard to just be like, nah, I'm just going. Because you know you like, you can really help people's lives in doing that. And I think that's how some of us are. Others, I, maybe they haven't had that experience yet. And it's fine. It's fine. You, you, you're allowed to live your life in any way you want to. But I'll say this. Amy Goggins said something once that gave me chills. He talks about at the end of this journey we call life, when we go, when we die, and go wherever we're going to. There's gonna be somebody there, God is somebody else there with a, with a pamphlet that has all us everything we've done on here, everything we've done and everything we're supposed to do. And he said he don't look and say, "Oh, you graduated from college, check. You got married, check. You had, you, had, you know, you worked a job, all this type of stuff." He said his goal is not for that guy to be going like you did, but you can. he's like, "Yeah, man, you lost." He lost 100 pounds, but you could have lost 200. He said he don't want to have that. He said he wants the guy to look at him and be like, David Goggins, okay, you lost 100 pounds, check. You got married, check. Navy SEAL, check. You did this, check. What? Goggins, this right here, even I didn't see that coming. That's what he said. So that gave me chills because it's like I want to I want to do so much in this world that people be like, what the, KD? You know, people seeing me running because they going like, this dude, I used to beat him in, in high school. He got a master's degree. I was smarter than him in college. This guy's in Africa. I mean, man, I, what, what? So I want them to look at me like, how in the world? Katie, how in the world are you doing this? How would you travel? How are you working at Ohio State, dude? We didn't even think you would go to college. How did you do that? And now I can tell them, you know, hey, that what I do, you too can do. And he's like, how? Right? Because it's a book called Forty Tales of the Afterlife. And it talks about what happens to us after we supposedly die. And one of them says that when you die, you don't actually die and leave. You actually go to like a will waiting room and you stay there until the last person mentions your name or the last person remembers you. So some people, you know, they there for like 20 years because maybe their grandkid was the last one that remembers them. And then once their grandkid died, they they finished. Others, they're a little longer. Maybe they, um, you know, at a they, they own a college. They had a statue in a college and the college gets tore down. Others are there for a long period of time because they maybe they in a book that everybody keeps reading, the book has been around. So one of the ways we can live on is by helping others and have them keep quoting us. You know what I mean? Like keep. Mm-hmm. So to me, by doing our life's work, we live on even when we're gone
0: yeah you know I, one of the reasons I love talking to you is because I recognize so many of the books that you've read by the words that you use so I recognize when you say something that Jim Rohn said yeah. or, you know yeah. like, like, it's it's a it's a familiarity that that kind of keeps us connected a little bit yeah. as well. because some of those people that you've studied I've studied and we get to share in that memory of the world yep of those people and uh so i i I quite enjoy that particular that that thing so you know tell me something you're you started a new charity yep what's it called
1: the reading and running initiative what's it do okay essentially it shows you know will smith said this will smith said um if when you get on a treadmill and you run long enough a voice going to come in your head and say, man, why are you doing this? You need to slow down. You need to stop. And so if you run long enough, not even just trimming any running, that voice is going to pop in your head. And if you can defeat that voice, you got it made. Because it's the same voice that tells you to just quit or stop when you're doing anything challenging. And so to me, he also said that reading any problem we have, any issue we have in life, someone else has had it. And they've written about how to overcome it or succeed from it. So to me, the reading and running initiatives, those are two ways in which we can instantly, for a fact, 100% change our lives. And I thought about it more so because when I went to uh, Zimbabwe because some individuals might say, well, they don't have the resources, but you don't, need, you don't need much to run. Like you don't have to have a stadium, you don't have to have, you can go barefoot, you can run anywhere. So the running part is there and then reading, now we have technology for us, internet and all those types of things. So you can do one or the other, going to that's going to really help you so the 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 purpose is is to uh, identify individuals organizations that uh that maybe are not functioning at their highest level and show them how and i can show you how to function at your highest level no matter who you are no matter what organization you're with even if you hate running through the reading and running initiative there's certain there's certain fundamentals that we all can get through those those are two basic things that's been going on since the beginning of time. Since we first learned how to write, it, write and talk, uh, the, the reading reading and running has always been there. That was our first and only mode of, uh, of getting from point A to point B.
0: So tell us, tell the audience, what book or books are you currently reading? What authors are you currently enjoying? And a couple things that you've learned from that the book that you're reading now or one that you've read recently?
1: There's a book called um, Be Still and Get Going. And it talks about, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of, it's a Jewish book. It's a, a Jewish rabbi book. And it, and it talks about take leaving. And I smile because I, I just love these concepts. And it talks about how we all had to leave our comfort our place of home, somewhere else, all the greats, all the greats, Moses, Jesus, you name it, no matter who they are, they lo- they left their comfortable spot. They left their hometown or whatever it is. Because think about it. You know, Jesus going up to these people, talking about, I'm Jesus, I'm the Savior. They're like, man, I remember you was in diapers, man. Don't give me that, you know. So it's kind of hard for people at your hometown that have been knowing your whole life to see you as this remarkable person until you leave. You can leave and come back, but until you leave, it's hard. It can happen, but it's hard. So that book talks about take leaving. It talk about going somewhere else. Because what happens is when you go somewhere else, people are going to see you through filtered eyes. They're going to see you with new eyes. And you can become what you need to become. So that's one book. Um, there's another one, man. It's going to be some, some surprise people. I talk about it all the time. It's called The 50th Law. You know, everybody knows the 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene. Um, but The 50th Law, he got with 50 cents. And they wrote a book. And that, I relate to that because... You know, 50 Cent uses a lot of um, examples and analogies from like real life hood situations. And the first law, one of the first laws is be an intense realist. See the world for what it truly is. May I tell you, you can do that, you know, cause most of us don't see the world for what it truly is. We see it for how we want it to be. We, we see it for how we hope it to be, how we wish it to be, but we need to see the world for what it is. right now, it's a prime example. You know, we can sit back and complain you know, we can make excuses, we can wish it another way, we can want another way, that's fine. But the best thing we can do is see the world for how it really is. I say this: the world's global. The world has become global, it's become international, it's extremely competitive now. That's where it's at. Women are gonna be more in the workplace and they're gonna be they're gonna come up and be promoted. It's happening. Whether you want that to happen or not, there's more women in college, there's more women in the world, it's coming. So, you know, more women gonna be out there, you're gonna get women from the Middle East. That's getting more freedoms, they can do stuff and they can drive cars and all this. from Africa, what I'm trying to say is, I like that book, I like that statement that says, see I mean, being an intense realist, because even right now I think people are being real with what's truly going on. Forget the political part, forget the religion, forget all that, damn. just see the world for what it really is and how you fit in in that whole equation. And if we can do that, <clears throat> You know, you can't see yourself in the frame. You can't see yourself in the frame. So you got to connect, you know, you got to partner with powerful, positive people, right? And by doing that, you're able to see yourself a little better in the frame. And so for me, those, those two books, I, I read so much. I got so many I can name down, but those two are the ones I like to relay to people because it's like, because they're real. See, a lot of times on these podcasts, I have a podcast I do and I try to be real. We say the very typical politically correct stuff. Like, say, oh, what was you thinking when, you know, this person did this? And you People, oh, I was just thinking, so you know, I'm thinking about myself. No, just say, really, I didn't really, you know, I was trying to beat that person. You know, people asked me in 2008 when we was getting ready to die and trying to make the team, it appeared that I had reached out and grabbed uh, Lopez, who's a friend of mine, and pulled him back. And people were like, Hey man, what were you doing? People say you trying to run and you trying to pull them back. Man, what you cheat. Listen, dude, I was trying to get across the line and make the Olympic team, so I didn't constantly, I didn't have enough time to constantly think, grab this guy, that's Lopez, pull him back. No, that could have been Jesus or whomever. It could have been Buddha. I've been trying to just get across the line, but see, nobody wants to be real about what's going on and how they seeing things in in life, and that's what that's what people need. The younger generation now, it's a quote that says, "The learners." will inherit the earth while to learn it will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that no longer exists. These young generations, my son's 12, eight years of his life, Barack Obama was president. These kids have come up in a different world. It ain't so crazy for them to see a black person successful, a Jewish person, a white, a Hispanic, a woman, a gay, a trans, whatever that is. And so while we're sitting here fighting all these changes, they're like, they don't want to be dealing with this race stuff. They don't want to be dealing with this police stuff. They want to move on. They got friends, you see, like right now, right now with uh, Kellyanne Conway and her her husband's daughter and her daughter they going back and forth. And, and and this is not a political thing. What I'm trying to say is the younger generation, they got friends that look different than them. They got friends from different religions. And they live in this world where they got TikTok and Instagram where they talk. So they, they trying to get past this stuff that we've been fighting and going through for the last 20 years. they like couldn't y'all solve that a long time ago? We don't wanna deal with this stuff, right? And to me, that's what's needed. It's needed for, for us to be real and to understand that if we're gonna make it better for the people that's coming up, cause it's gonna change with us without us. You've been to Germany before? Yeah. Germans, you know, it's like, they like stuff like this on time, right?
0: It's Very structured.
1: Very structured. The plane leaves at 12, it's leaving at 12, homeboy. You can be running up at 12 12 o'clock, 30 seconds. If they didn't close the door, they're going to leave it. I'd have had it happen to me, right? So I always say for us, that train's going, whether we own it or not. So it's better for us to have some influence and get on there and understand. They don't mean we might like it, but it's like, that's what's going on in the world.
0: Thank you so much for listening to part two of this interview. Stay tuned for the next episode when we resume this conversation right from where we left off. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.